What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Anacrates Podcast. My name is Alex Krotz, and thank you for joining me here again. The first episode back in 2021, and, uh, you know, I guess we could call it season three. We could say it's season three, but thanks for joining me again. It's so nice to have you back. I'm really, really excited for 2021, and, you know, frankly, I had a, a a roller coaster of a year of 2020, uh, as I kind of talked about in my Thank You 2020 podcast to kind of end off what would be considered season two. So we're we're back again. So in 2021, which I kind of alluded to a little bit, this season of the podcast is going to be gear, geared more towards engineering music, production of music, and mixing of music. And we're actually going to talk about studio-related things, the business, and then actually like how to act in the studio, professionalism, engineering tricks and tactics and mentality and that kind of stuff. I want to bring it a little more practical, a little bit more engineering based, mixing based, that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited to dive more into that. That's kind of my expertise, so to speak. And I'm doing a lot more of that on the on the YouTube channel as well. If you don't subscribe to me on YouTube, go check that out. Just find Anik Creates. And I'm doing a lot more mixing tutorials, engineering tutorials, that kind of stuff. And I also have original music coming this year. I have some original songs as well as some cover songs that I've kind of reimagined and redone. And I'm going to be doing a lot more of those with collaborations with different people. And I'm really, really excited. I have the first one that's actually just getting the video edited right now. So what I want to do with those is I want to have like a full on like a music video for it or a studio playthrough kind of a, of a video, not a, you know, full produced music video, but a, a playthrough kind of a video as well as some behind the scenes content about how I made the song, what I wanted, how I approached making it, how I recorded it, some tutorials based around the song and the, the session. So I think it could be really interesting because I, I, I go a little bit crazy and reimagine the whole song, not just kind of cover it note for note the exact way they intended it. I'm, you know, if you muted the vocals, frankly, probably be, you'd think it was a different song. Um, so anyway, I'm really, uh, I'm really excited to share that with you guys. And the first one is going to be coming out shortly. I think, um, I'm not sure exactly. I haven't decided on the release date yet as we're still working on the video and everything around it. So, but I know it's going to be awesome and keep an eye out on the YouTube channel for behind the scenes about how I made it, my mentality, the, my production techniques, my engineering techniques around it, my mixing, all that kind of stuff. And of course, leave a comment or shoot me a message on Twitter or Instagram or anywhere, um, at Anna creates everywhere. And let me know what you'd like to know about the production of the of the song of any future songs. So I can kind of tie that into the content. You'll, you'll get a better sense with the first one as it comes out. Uh, and then just, yeah, let me know what you'd like to know about how I make those tracks. And I'm more than happy to share. Um, so please let me know. But today I had a topic that I wanted to talk about, um, which is, the mindset, changing your mindset around, you know, this, your sense of experimentation in today's day and age with plugins and just the way that we approach making music these days, because I grew up and I managed to have, I was very fortunate to learn and develop my craft in the professional space in one of the biggest studios in Canada. I worked there for six, uh, seven years, um, honing in my craft. And before that I worked at a kind of a mid tier studio for about four years, engineering there and working on plenty of projects there before I even went, I went to school then. And then I worked at the major studio in Toronto and, 
Uh, before that, I ran a home studio for a few years as well. And I actually brought was bringing bands in and learning how to do it. And one of the things that I've, I've noticed since I go back and lecture at my the school that I went to as well as many other schools and also the different online programs that I see, the thing that I always see is the fact that people want more step-by-step guides and the different people that I talk to, the question that I always get asked is what's, well, how, what do I, where do I start? Where do I, what do I do next? What's next? What's next? What is the next step? And they want a step-by-step thing as to how to process vocals or how to process drums or how to compress the bass. What do I do? What's the first knob that I turn? What's the second knob that I turn? How do I, what am I looking for? Is it five to three dB? They want it written out. They want a checklist essentially. And that kind of worried me a little bit because I, the way that I grew up, I was in a very analog environment. I, you know, I'm a fully, I fully embrace the new modern technology, Pro Tools and uh, DAWs and plugins. I love that stuff. However, I was just concerned what, what I want to talk about and what I'm, what I was thinking about was, is the, the abundance of new tools and technology and plugins actually hindering our ability to experiment and think outside the box when it comes to different ways to do things and different chains of, of events and that kind of stuff? Is it hindering our ability to think outside the box when it comes to our creativity? Or are people just more prone to thinking there is a specific way that I have to do this and I have to do it that way and I can only use the plugins the way they're designed? And that's it. I'm not saying that is with everybody. It's absolutely not with everybody. And there's plenty of experimentation. And I guess the whole point of this is to just talk about that and how modern technology and how modern plugins and stuff like that are hindering us and also opening up a million doors that we could walk through and that we can experiment with. So it's more of a friendly reminder to not think inside the box and to not get trapped thinking a certain way or wanting a checklist. And if people are selling that to you, don't do it. Don't think about it that way. Yes. Checklists are great. Yes. uh, Order of operations is great to start and to think about, um, because there are some things that tend to work better than other ways of doing things. However, being trapped in that mentality is where your creativity is going to get stuck and not develop anymore. And that's what I don't want to happen because frankly, the amazing part about today's day and age and technology that we have today is the endless amounts of possibilities that we have and that we can embrace. So when I think about this, I think about plugins that are designed that they say we're an amp simulator and people think, okay, great. I'm going to put that on a guitar and they have the presets built in and people go, Oh, heavy lead tone, click. That's my tone. Maybe tweak a little bit, but not much. And that's where I get worried. I'm not just amp simulators, but that's where I get worried. People love presets. People, a lot of producers and engineers I've, I've seen and noticed are like preset warriors. And they just, they look at the presets because frankly, modern, modern plugins have so many presets by massive mixers. And you think if I click on this preset, that's going to work. And this is the one that CLA uses, or this is the one that, you know, Serban uses, whatever it is. And the problem is, is that's not how you're supposed to think about them. You're supposed to take that and build upon them. And, you know, back in the day, people would have to, to, you know, take pieces of gear and think about them and put them on the, on the channels that they want, how to process the vocal. They would have only a certain amount of pieces of gear and they'd have to use them sparingly and how they wanted to process the vocal. They'd have to think about that. And what they had was they had a, a fresh piece of gear. There was no presets. There was settings that they knew what they wanted, like that they like to use. And that now has become the presets. But 
that was their settings that they had experimented with because there was no two clicks and you already had a sound. You had to dial in the sound from scratch. So people got really good at using the tools that they had. And nowadays, people can get away with making things sound pretty okay with not actually knowing how to use the plugins. They just either twist knobs or they hit a preset that says bright vocal and they go, yep, the vocal sounds brighter. Perfect. Moving on. And that's where that's where the danger lies. You have to actually know how to use the tools that you're trying to use. And we cannot lose that part of things. And, you know, modern technology has made it easier for that to happen. And that is something that's ruining the experimentation and the adventure in the studio. On the flip side, and the way that it should be used is now we have a million different presets to start with somewhere to get our ideas flowing and then we can build upon them. And that's how I think it's supposed to be used. You use it as a starting point. Instead of having to dial your piece of gear in from nothing, you now have a starting point so that you can spend more time going beyond that and experimenting how you think it should sound beyond that than actually getting it to a good starting point, <laughs> basically. That's already kind of dealt with for you with presets or with defaults or whatever the case may be which we did not have in the analog realm, or we don't have in the analog realm as much as we do in plugins. So people really need to know how to use their gear better. Now, what are plugins gaining us? Because they're giving us a world of possibilities. So like I said, you can use presets and build on them. The other thing is, is we have so many tools and so many that we can have a million instances of the same plugin. In analog, and back in the day when these guys were learning how to do this, all these people who created these presets, frankly, all the big mixers, all the people who work in analog, um, you only have a set amount of gear. And back in the day, that's what you had. That You had to figure out either you had to find the setting and then commit it so that you could use that piece of gear on something else, or you had to pick which piece of gear goes where that you want to actually still be able to, to work with it. And nowadays we have, you know, LA two A's and 1176s. We could put six on one vocal and then another six on every background vocal. And we'd never run out except for processing power, which once again, that has gotten so good that we can have thousands of plugins that we want on some of these computers and it, and it works. It's totally fine. But Back with analog, you really had to know how to use your gear and you really had to dial in that sound and know what it was doing and know why you were picking that piece of gear for that specific vocal sound or guitar sound because you had one one of them or a few of them if you were lucky in a big studio. Nowadays, everybody and their brother has a million of these vintage pieces of gear or recreations of them. And then adding on top of that, people have these different crazy tools that you can get that are like... Un that actually can't happen in real life in analog. They only happen in plug-in form because of digital being able to, to see ahead and all that kind of stuff. And that opens up another world of possibilities. And frankly, when people come up with a cool chain of events or a neat sound that they've thought up, they then can make a plug-in out of it. They can make something that we then use and use one preset on and have this really cool sound that it took them a year to develop with a whole whack of different pieces of gear that went into it, you know, the, the channel strips or the, um, the like Howard Benson vocal or the, um, Shep's Omni channel or any of those kind of things, you know, we now have access to that at our fingertips and we have access to a million of them at our fingertips. So it actually opens up a world of possibilities. If you think about it, right. If you are willing to go and actually learn how to use them and how to, use them in ways that maybe they're not supposed to be used. And that's what I think nowadays we have more than 
ever. Use the amp simulator and it says heavy lead guitar and you click on that and you have a heavy lead guitar tone. But what if you put that on a piano? What if you put that on a bass? What if you ran some vocals through it or a synth through it and then it wasn't even a lead vocal, but then you took that and you put that into a, a dark reverb and then added a delay on the reverb and then added that into a distortion. What would you come up with? What would happen? And we have that possibility now, and we have endless possibilities because we have all these cool plugins that do the craziest, weirdest stuff. And with a click of a button, we can go from an SSL emulation to a Neve to an API, and we get different tones that before, if you had an SSL console, you had an SSL console, you did not have an API console because the room could only fit one console in most situations, obviously. But... That's what you were stuck with. That's what you had. You'd book a room to use that console and you couldn't really pick and choose and move around and decide. You were already in that room and you were already half done. You couldn't just go, ah, well, this isn't working. We're going to move to a different room because we don't like the SSL sound. We want the API sound. We didn't have that possibility. You don't have that in studios, in big studios when you're actually using big like gear. You would have to know how to use it. You'd have to decide which one am I picking. Nowadays, we can experiment so much faster and better because we have endless possibilities at our fingertips. And I guess this is what I'm saying is it's a, a friendly reminder to actually try using those things. There is no step-by-step -step rules. There is a million options and you need to play with them and find the ones that work for you, find the ones that work best and find cool sounds because nowadays we can find the most random sounds and find really wacky ways to do things because routing is endless possibilities. The amount of aux tracks that we can have, the amount of sends we can have, the amount of MIDI channels we can have, the amount of MIDI controlling EQs we can have instead of trying to do it live, you can automate a million EQs in a mix and do something cool with it. Back in the day, you couldn't do that. You'd have to record each one separately. So you couldn't kind of see how they're working together. You'd have to actually do it live. And all those things open up so many possibilities. And so what I'm saying is don't shy away from experimenting in the studio and look at ways that people do things. Look at presets that people have provided and go, what did they do? Why did they do it? And how can I build on it? How can I make this my own sound? How can I take this and make it a starting point? And once you create something that's really cool, somebody else will make that a starting point and find something even cooler from that. And that's the beauty of collaboration, frankly, and why I think it's really cool that people share their settings and share what they do because people can then build on it. And that's how, how we advance the industry. The Beatles didn't hold down everything that they did and all their secret technology. They said, we want this, we want this, we want this. We tried to find a way to do it. And then some company said, we'll make you something for that. They made it. And then the Beatles went, okay, cool. Now we have this. Let's add this, 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 and this, this to it. And now we have this thing that we're stretching the limits of everything we're using. And somebody else was like, we'll make something for that. Yep. Cool. And that's how it worked. That's how they advanced the industry so much. And that's how they advanced recording so much. And that's how today the right people are still doing that and making plugins because it's so much easier to do. And you don't have to invest millions of dollars into building a tape machine company. You just have to build a plugin that emulates something or that is something new. I think we should all be welcoming to that. And we should all take advantage of that and advantage of what we have. Don't get stuck in thinking that there's a step-by-step. -step. Don't get stuck in thinking there's a right way and a wrong way. There is no right way. There's a million different options to get to the same point. So try them out, have fun, try them out, see what you come up with and share it because then we can all learn and we can all build on it and we can all find our own unique sounds. Enjoy that and find entertainment in 
that experimentation phase of things and, and set aside time in your budget and in your time allotment for your project to experiment and have fun because that's where the magic comes in for everybody to sound different. So that's kind of your friendly reminder here and just kind of something I wanted to riff on a little bit because I feel really strongly about that and I, I don't like seeing people think that there is a checklist and I, I don't like people seeing that thinking that the way that their course tells them to do something is the only way to do something. And the preset that CLA made is the only thing. And if CLA made it, that's, it's gotta be right. Cause he's, he's got the ears. It's a preset to give you, get you started. That's what it is. Not the end all be all of this plugin sound. So use it as such, use it as a starting point for your own sound, and then we'll all grow together. So hopefully that got you inspired to go do some stuff, try some wacky things and uh, see, you know, if somebody tells you, oh, you shouldn't do that, go try that and see what comes out of it. See what you've, you come up with, see what sounds you make. Now, I'm not saying it'll work every time, but all you can do is try and you'll end up somewhere <laughs> and you'll learn something along the way. And that's frankly what this is all about. So Thank you guys for this. That's it for this episode. Happy 2021. May this year be full of creativity for all of you and embrace this home recording situation that, well, I'm currently stuck in. I don't know about you, but right at this moment, I'm locked down and I'm just making the most of it. Um, so I hope you are too. And I will see you in the next episode. Subscribe if you haven't already on your favorite podcast players or uh, find me on YouTube, Anik Creates on YouTube or Twitter or Instagram, anywhere like that. Shoot me messages. Let me know what you want here on the podcast. I think that's it. With that being said, see you in the next one. And uh, of course, always be creating. Mm -hmm.